welcome to episode one of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. We try and stick to a hard and fast 10-minute rule for each discussion, and we end each show with an untimed epilogue where we might revisit some something from an earlier segment or episode, go over some listener responses, or just unburden ourselves in general. We hope our format lets you know what you're in for and lets you listen to what you like and skip the stuff you don't, just like any good internet echo chamber. Interact with us on Twitter at 2on3pod, and if your missives require more than 280 characters, you can email us at 2on3pod at gmail.com. You can find me, Titus Kelliver, at S-E-A-T-J-K, and my co-host, Crispus Velasener, at C.D. Villasenor. <laughs> you introduce yourself, Chris. Thank you. That was That's exactly how I've introduced myself. <laughs> I thought you needed a fun name. Uh, that thank you. It is Christmas time, so <laughs> or was that, and and you know and it is you know Latin. So <laughs> so this week, this week we're talking about Taylor Swift's White Woman's Burden, uh, Christmas music and multi-denominational celebrations, and uh, we'll touch on what's new in Netflix for this month. And actually, I think we're going to do that in a different order than the way I announced it, but that'll be all right. <laughs> no one <laughs> noticed. It's no. fine. And we'll wrap things up with some NFL picks. If you caught episode zero last week, and I'm sure you didn't, but if you bet with me, you made some money and probably some other sports ephemera. Booyah. All right. So let's start with Taylor. Um, Chris, I, I was uh, bagging on you a little bit for coming out on Facebook and caping for Taylor Swift, uh, which I thought was grossly unnecessary. Uh, so I want to I want to understand why you felt the need to get online and uh, and share with your friends and family your thoughts that Taylor Swift was being unfairly persecuted. Listen, I think that first of all, the people over at the Cut, which is I believe a arm of the the Huffington Post Empire, came out. You know, just basically some blogging about how and the and the and the headline here is a straight white multimillionaire pop star had a great 2017. Essentially, what they're saying is well, she said she had she a great 2017. She made a right. point of saying she, she was says, celebrating her birthday. Sure. And she said, I had a great 2017, which is something that a lot of people might say if you were maybe this year you graduated from school or you had a baby or you got married. You might look back at your 2017 and say, you know, I had a great 2017. Now, let's say you're sitting in a coffee shop and you say to your friend, I had a great seven, 2017. And the person next to you said, well, didn't you know that a bunch of people got shot in Vegas and that people are starving and the world's going to hell in a handbasket? What would you say to them? You would say well, to them, <laughs> mind your business and shut up. All right. Well, I mean, clearly that person is an asshole. Right. But I think I can agree with you that the person who writes the article, although, so I'm going to, I really have to swear at you for making me actually go read this article because I was just not going to read it in preparation for the show. I was like, I want to let you defend her. And I didn't want to actually know what we, what we were defending her from. <laughs> and I actually went, but I went, I was like, all right, that's irresponsible. So I went and looked at it. It's pretty mild. I mean, he doesn't like get into her. He basically just says, you know, congratulations on being the only person that enjoyed the last year. And I know that that's not that's obviously a gross overstatement, but this is the Internet we're talking about after all. Right. And it's probably my my defense of Taylor Swift probably isn't so much Taylor Swift. I mean, just because she's the target in this particular article. But my defense is of people who 
are thankful and grateful for what they've earned and are appreciative of their, you know, of, you know, their place in the world. You know, you don't have to be a white multimillionaire pop star to have had a great year. And that's what I'm getting at. I'm, we get it. The world's got big problems. And, you know, you could, it's very easy to take that. It is the internet. You, it's easy to take that half, that half glass half full mentality and say, there's no possible way to be happy. But, but you and I know that's not the truth. <laughs> I'm not blind to the fact that the world has very big, stinky piles of poo all over it and that's and and that's that's something that that i can't fix tomorrow personally so why why we why we why we openly hating on people who are grateful and that's what and that's that's my issue with the that's my issue with the article but isn't this on brand for taylor because isn't she sort of the the queen of being grossly tone deaf it's not well yeah she a little bit but she's tone deaf in a way that that I can appreciate, which is to say, <laughs> she lives you know, literally she, like with her her, her music and she, everything with her music and with she, I, you know, I'm not going to defend, you know, the the power of auto tune is 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 what it is, but the but hey, I think Taylor is, learned to swing to learn to sing in the over the course did. of her career. I think she's been trying, which yeah. which I think she deserves some credit for, but also yeah, and it's, it's just her profession. It's not. It's a, well. There's a lot of people who aren't trying at the profession. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> I would say that's one of the one of the larger problems we were talking about when you right, said the exactly. world has larger problems. The world has larger problems, but for for her to you know she's got a legion of fans who are probably looking for a little bit of a bright spot, and they can count on her for a little bit of a bright spot. I think that I don't think that's a bad thing, and I think it's easy to take cracks at people who are who are a little bit who see things maybe in a light, which is say, hey, in a slightly positive light. But we know, we know we've got global warming. When people don't love the president, and you know, there's problems with opioids, and you know, white supremacy, and you know, what I mean, it's like just the laundry list of horrible things is is much longer than. I can recite in 30 minutes, but, um, but it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to take a crack at somebody who's just saying, you know, I had a good year. I'm really appreciative of what I have. Well, it's a little more visceral, I think for everybody else in 2017, the, uh, but I get what you're saying. So you're saying that she's serving a function and that function is avatar for her legions of fans who like the way, like whatever she does and are into it. And so, they get to feel what she feels because they're ha- they're genuinely happy for her because they're mentally unbalanced, <laughs> right? Just like all fans of anybody are. <laughs> the word is fanatic, the, right? The word is fanatic. So you know, I don't know. God bless her. Uh, I think the world's a better place with Taylor Swift in it. Thank you. <laughs> well, let me ask said. you about that because I was saying to you that it doesn't seem to me like ten. Well, maybe not ten years ago, but let's say a generation ago. We'll say uh, you know. It, mid 90s is taylor swift still in our lives at this point because she's had already a 10 plus year career as a number one selling artist and that is rare in and of itself or at least it used to be but as i said to you when we were talking about this i don't think any other era of music gives us like 15 years of Katy perry and what and and her shtick (laughs) so is the value of that fame now more important is it, it, it is it eclipsed everything else that she does that's interesting. That's interesting. So I was thinking about when we were chatting about this, uh, we're coming up with this point that 
that you know what what's available to people now in terms of their fame and i was thinking about adam levine being a guy who figured something out like here's like when's the first maroon five record it's it's like 2002 i think yeah, right around. Well, I mean, the, the first big one. I know they had. I think they had albums before they got famous. Sure, I I think of them as like peers to like Matchbox Twenty, or like you know. I think that they they came up in that sort of late '90s, early 2000s time. And sure, that's how I remember that first record being. Anyway, right. So here, so let's let's give a hand. Let's give a round of applause to Adam Levine for figuring out a way. Because I heard their song on the radio the other day. It's just basically like electronic or dance pop thing. Like I think he kicked everyone else out of the band. Like no, they're still, it's just those guys still. I think they're just into it. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is fine for me. They're not. I like money. It. They're not into it. Yeah, they're they're not into this music. This is Adam pushing sort of a, a fame bit. But you know, credit him for for morphing with the times and figuring out what people wanted and giving people what they want. And plus, he's on TV, which I think that was an, that's another helpful thing. Reality television. Um, has helped him a lot. Being on The Voice every week, I think people have that option these days uh, to, to, to get themselves in front of people more. Um, I think that you don't have to rely entirely on album sales anymore. I think there's a, you know, I think everyone makes their money with live music, so getting touring, having a social media presence, being out there enough and... I don't even know if he's. I, I would right, well, say so as an attached enough. point, as an attached, I agree with you about Adam Levine. I feel like he's another unfairly maligned figure in our internet society. <laughs> he's a guy I who mean, hustles. He's out there hustling. Absolutely, and he's. And the thing is, he's a legit musician. Right. He can play a ton of instruments. He writes songs. You know, if you've ever watched any of the Voice, he seems like a pretty good, pretty good producer, and he's learned how to be it over the course of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the question I want to I want to touch on is. Do we see less people? So it's it's a very strange thing where there's no more gateway to entry, right? You can self-publish. If you have something to put out in the world, you can put it out in the world. But because of these longer careers and the way media exposure now drives the fame cycle instead of actual art or product, uh, yeah. do we see less people than we otherwise would have? I, yes. Do you, but I yes. definitely listen to more bands. There's just less famous people, right? Right. Well, another good current example of this is Justin Bieber. So Bieber gets famous over the internet. Yeah, and makes okay. terrible music. <laughs> makes terrible music. It makes terrible music. Right up to the point where he's so famous that really talented people want him to sing on their tracks because they want to be famous. Right. So the last half dozen Bieber offerings are actually pretty good because all he does is sing over the top of like somebody's awesome song. <laughs> Right, so it started I, with the Skrillex records, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So that's the thing. It's like he's got he's got enough of a fame ball to that somebody wants to gl- use that fame ball to make themselves famous, and it just keeps perpetuating itself. He says, "I I can't write a song worth a lick. Let me find talented people to bolster my career." It's maybe more of a like a country music model where a lot of those country music stars don't write their own songs, but there's like this amazing core of songwriting in Nashville that that if you're famous enough, you get to pick and choose the best songs out of that particular pool. Sure. And and I think that's happening more and more in pop music because what every move every every song I hear on the radio is so and so and so and so featuring so and so by so and so. Like I can't it's like how many people are on this track? There's like 17 people on this track, and that's I definitely no how the radio works. That's definitely not how the music I listen to works. But I mean, I listen to the radio here and there, mostly uh, 
on Sirius, so I feel like I get a little bit of a different sampling. I really don't have any idea what's on terrestrial radio, like what the top 40 looks like if, if, if it's yeah. different. Yeah, I'm an XM Hits 1 listener. Sure. I mean, they play the same nine songs, and when I hear those nine songs, I, I turn to jail. <laughs> but it's, I mean, but that's really the, that's really, I think that, you know, I think that it's crowded at the top, like, but always, I mean, yeah, I think it's always that way. But we'll see what happens if, I don't know how. The, All right, there's your buzzer, buddy. Oh, I don't know how the pendulum swings the other way. I don't know what kind of act makes that makes it go the other way. I'll be interested to see. All right. Great. All right, so moving on. Um, I think I said we we're going to do Christmas music, but before we hit Christmas music, given it is the holiday season, we're going to talk about uh, new on Netflix for the month of December. And this is a public service for all of you wonderful two-on-three pod listeners, because I know that I hate sorting through the Netflix uh, menu, and I hate the way they organize it, because it's I don't know what's going on with the throwing just a bunch of things in a list and making me slide through everything to find anything. <laughs> that was a terrible way to describe that, but I know sure. you all know what I'm talking about. So we're going to look at what's coming out in Netflix on December and, uh, and, and give you some advice. Um, but first I wanted to talk about what spurred the subject, which is the fact that I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 on Netflix last week because it came out, and it's terrible. And that was very disappointing. Did you agree? <laughs> that movie is horrible. I don't and, even you know. know how, what kind of script was it? It was, um, I don't know. They, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know what they were trying to do. But what happens is, I think you've got this group of people. You're trying to figure out something to do with them. Basically trying to bridge them into, it was basically a waiting room. They're trying to bridge them into the, into the Avengers, into the rest of the, into the rest of the franchise mm -hmm. and so we needed to give them another movie but they did not have a good idea they had a very poor idea in terms of i didn't actually feel that movie needed to exist i felt like you could no. have gone right into an infinity war you from the first could. one and it would have been fine right in fact in fact they should have been in ragnarok because thor ragnarok is the guardians of the galaxy movie we needed we wanted there you go. And they could have bridged them in that way. And I think that would have been a much better idea um, because Thor Ragnarok is awesome. <laughs> I don't know. If, did you get a chance right, well, to see that's it? Not, no, and that's not on Netflix for December, so we're that's not talking sorry. about it right now. Sorry. <laughs> Anywho, go see that one if you're going to – but you're – but anyway. It's, All right, it's so anything movie. stand out to you when you first took your list, look uh, for the December list? My favorite part of the, the, the new, on, um, new on Netflix list is the first section where they tell you what, like, uh, old movies are coming on. <laughs> so <laughs> in the old movie section is, you know, the, the, the While You Were Sleeping, the, the Sandy Bullock classic. Remember when Sandy Bullock was a thing? What do you mean? She's still the thing. She it's she just won an Oscar. Like what? How that was, that had to be like, like 10 almost ten years, years ago. ago now. <laughs> <laughs> but my my perception of time no longer functions properly. So that feels like it was two or three years ago. I agree. That that's a great movie. Another you know it's like one of the rare movies where um, Bill Pullman actually gets the girl. So I, I think I think it's I think it's should, I think it's held on. I hold it on a pedestal because he's got the worst luck in movie women. Maybe what's that, uh, what's the Who's the other guy? The guy, the sleeping guy that uh, Mr. Eyebrows. What's his name? Um, Gallagher. That's what I thought. Okay, I just Peter didn't Gallagher. want to. I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then I'm looking at uh, the new uh, Will Smith dealio. Yes, the uh, Bright movie. So this is interesting because this is the first time I think that I can recall that um, I've seen Netflix run commercial trailers during 
broadcast television for a Netflix release movie, which is coming on December 22nd. I will definitely watch it because it's a new release and you're going to push it like a, a real movie. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Doesn't doesn't this I mean, this might not be fair because Netflix has been good at giving us content, like new content, at least at least serious content, right? Like we get the Marvel series stuff, you get you know, strange. Well, you say Things. they are or not good. Are are okay. good. They yes. are good at giving us series. They are. I mean, Stranger Things. Um, but for some odd reason, this movie smacks of straight to video for me. <laughs> Do, doesn't but it? Isn't that what this is? And that's no, that's the weird thing no, about it, right? Because I think that, I think they offer us top notch stuff in terms of in terms of the series that they produce for us. So this movie, I mean, it's obviously got production value. You know, it's got Will Smith, and he's not cheap to hire. I mean, no studio is just going to throw down fifteen, twenty million to get Will Smith to be in, and then it feels like it's straight to video. I don't know. It's a stigma. <laughs> I might, I might have to get over it. It might have to be the way things. You know, this is might be the new way of things, but I don't know. I'm not sure about it because it's straight to Netflix. Does that make sense? Sure, but that's, I feel like we're getting more and more of that. I mean is uh you know stand-up comedy used to be on hbo does it matter that it's on netflix now or is it just because it was always on tv so are you are you really just equating it with a theatrical release i'm 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 thinking of it in terms of like hundred million dollar movie production standard right you look at that i look at that trailer and i look at it and say this looks like they spent a lot of money on this shouldn't this go to the theater to try to make a bunch of money but but maybe it's too crowded. I mean, I don't know. The economics of the of the theater are probably difficult to deal with. But you know, this is science fiction. Maybe they're trying to figure out trigger figure out the market for it. But I understand how series works on Netflix. You know that that ability to sort of binge watch eight or ten episodes and just get you know and just enjoy it in one big bite or not or just spread it out. But for a movie of this, what it looks like. Of this, what should be of some kind of high caliber filmmaking, or at least action movie making, shouldn't it be treated with more <laughs> with more respect? Well, I guess what is the what's the business goal? You think that it is to uh, to to push Netflix subscriptions for the holidays? I, I guess I don't quite understand. Like, you just think people are going to subscribe for one month because they're going to want to see this movie? I mean, it's only ten bucks, right? So it'd actually be saving you money as opposed to going to the theater. That's true. I mean, if you're trying to, if you're playing against, if you're playing against the on-demand crowd, or you're playing against, you know, Amazon Prime, then I think, I think you're trying to Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Sorry, I finish your thought. Go ahead. Sorry. No, they're just trying to. I, maybe they're trying to up level the the offering by, by saying, hey, here's a Will Smith movie that looks like it should be in the theater, but the first place you can see it is here on Netflix. Yeah, well, Amazon's video store is the best video store. Like, if you want to buy movies, Amazon's the best place to do it. Mm-hmm. But the prime streaming options are mostly doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned that there's a stand-up comedy, and, and one of the reasons I did so is because there's a new Dave Chappelle special coming out on the 31st. Equanimity. I know that. Did you see – are you a Chappelle guy? I the last I you know of course I watched enough I watched enough Chappelle when it was on Comedy Central mm-hmm. just enough to to get the jokes I thought his um I thought his appearance on SNL a couple of years ago was <laughs> was really good um 
but I I don't I I it's not destination for me. No, it's not like you're excited about it. <laughs> he took a little heat when he came out with those two specials last time, and then he got overly PC. There was some stuff that didn't go over very well. It felt a little dated. Like maybe it was a couple of years old. <laughs> yeah, a couple of bits that he hadn't done in a while in public. It was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get why that was funny at the time, but uh, maybe maybe you take that one out these days. Yeah, the last the last comedy that I watched on Netflix, uh, Mulaney. You know, you, you, do you do you do you listen to John Mulaney? I'm familiar with him. Mulaney, he's <laughs> he's funny, and uh, if you're sort of into that, they also did a uh, Mulaney and uh, his buddy also uh, Kroll. What's yes. His first name. They do. This, oh yeah. They do that. Broadway I know. What thing. is it called? The Oh Hello. Yes. <laughs> I thought Oh Hello was pretty funny. Anyway, Tony and Award nominated. So I mean, it's. Uh, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a drive by in Chappelle. I mean, it is on Netflix. It's not like I have to go very far to get it. <laughs> well, other things that stand out to me from December um, are include the Wackness. I don't know if you've seen the Wackness. It's about a teenage drug dealer in New York in the early '90s. Uh, it's, it's excellent. I don't know it. um, okay. Hidden gem, definitely you should seek it out if you haven't seen it. It's worth your time. Um, and then I had one other one that I have now misplaced. So what have you, you got? Another anything else highlight for you? <laughs> no, I do see they listed something called Ultimate Beastmaster, which <laughs> if it has anything to do with the Mark Singer Beastmaster from like the early '80s, like I would watch it. Although I, I think there, I think this might be some sort of bait and switch for. Terrible fantasy, uh, terrible fantasy uh, fans like uh, me. It does look uh, like it is. Oh, so the Ultimate Beastmaster is a show where competitors from around the world tackle a physically demanding obstacle course. <laughs> so See, it is. I'm not interested in that at all. <laughs> it, oh, it's Ultimate Beast Warrior. Oh, it looks like Sly Stallone's involved. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I it's definitely. That. So it looks like it's a Netflix original American Ninja Warrior show. Yeah, I'm uh, ultimately missable, is what, I, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. Uh, my daughter really likes American Ninja Warrior. Warrior. Well, She's into it. Yeah, the kids do it. The kids yeah. like it. So I maybe just... I'll, all this beast one might be a little intense. I'm looking at some images here. It's, it's, the, it's like the, the, the obstacle course, is like a dragon. All right, I'm gonna to our to our listener out there. I would <laughs> recommend that that you instead of watching Ultimate Beastmaster, you go find that Beastmaster. The, the, yes, the. The uh, Eric Singer, Mark Singer, Eric, Mark Singer, yeah. Tanya, Tanya, what's her name? Classic. I have such, I have such an unexplainable Rip-torn. affinity. Rip torn, rip torn is in that movie. It's, why do talk, I think? Why do I have fond he, thoughts of Beastmaster? He talks to ferrets and stuff. It's I know, like, no, I know what happens. <laughs> it's it's tremendous. It's tremendous cinema. It's and uh, it's and Doctor, probably better it's than Conan, Doctor Doolittle. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Tanya Roberts is who that is. And the last one I want to highlight, um, a great family movie for the holidays. You should definitely watch it uh, with everyone gathered around if you want to feel good. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's our timer. Oh, good. Hey, nice timing on that one. Way to to slide that one in. (laughs) Oh, I can't stop it. (laughs) This is a bad system. Stop the Ooga. Did did we go to the Ooga now? (laughs) I don't know. I thought I What what happened to the... uh, The klaxon? We had the klaxon before. I don't don't know. know. fine with me I just, <laughs> I just a little shocked by the auga it's like the, oh. the model t came rolling through the <laughs> through the front door there yeah. you lori delivering turnips love it all right so uh all right i wanted to do so yeah it is the holiday season as i mentioned 
And so I wanted to talk to you about Christmas music, seeing that this has been quite a musical, music and entertainment oriented show. And the thing I always find interesting about Christmas music is that it seems to be extremely polarizing and not in a religious way or in a, you know, people aren't like, oh, I don't like the, the these songs or those songs, but it's very much like there's only 10 good ones and, you know, or Nat King Cole's the only good Christmas music or Elvis is the only good album or, you know, whatever. People feel very strongly about this as they often do about most pop culture. But what is it about Christmas music that makes it so polarizing? <laughs> well, because because most people are heathens and, you know, <laughs> don't believe in God. I mean, that's the what? first what? that's the <laughs> first that's the first reason people hate Christmas music. First of all, they say, "Well, that's a that's uh, I don't believe in God." So, that's the first reason they hate it. Okay, well, <laughs> that's, not and, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> and, and and they were forced to sing it as children, and like they had to stand up in front of the, like the but whole school and sing Jingle Bells, and like everyone hated it. <laughs> you're talking about the standards, though, and I so I, I I have for years now, you know, like been um, meticulously tuning a Pandora Christmas station to my liking, okay. and I've got it pretty <laughs> dialed in. I will say, I would put that thing on and just let it ride. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of lot of jazz Christmas. So I, I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. You're like, uh, oh yeah, I was I was I was reminds me that I I need to apparently warn our listeners that if you are gonna follow us on Twitter, you may well watch us step all over our own show. So <laughs> <laughs> so be forewarned uh, that I'm not like jazz. No thanks. Christmas jazz. Fuck yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> Why do you love Christmas jazz? What makes what, it... What's not to love? Like Christmas time <laughs> in New Orleans, this is a great record. Everyone should love it. Well, no, <laughs> no, mean, no. Come on, Christmas why not? Jazz. No, why no? I don't know. It's that's that terrible. I don't know. Christmas All time right. is terrible. Well, a take I saw it's today. Music. A take I saw today. A five-year-old take I saw today on an old tweet that popped up from actually a Seattle native, uh, Matt Ufford. Uh, he tweeted that the. You know, the, all the good Christmas music existed uh, before, you know, the 1940s, and then um, the White Christmas was added. That counts. And then, so he was like, "Great Christmas music, White Christmas this year, bunch of bullshit. All I want for Christmas is you, bunch of bullshit today." So, all I you, want for Christmas is you is like the high watermark of. But awesome, that, no, that's like that's his argument. And so he says that outside of the standards, the only ones that matter are White Christmas and All I Want for Christmas is You. And I know that you personally disagree with that take. I love all I want for Christmas is you. Well, right. No, that's the point. But, but you. But that's not the only thing you love. No, I. I you know, I. I'm okay with. You know what? You know what the greatest non-traditional Christmas song is. What is it? It's 98 degrees. <laughs> this gift. Oh my god! That, that now that is the high water mark of tremendous cl- you know, Christmas music. Go support the Lachey boys. And go listen to this gift. I'll tell you what. 98 degrees. I'll tell you what. If you stick around. If our listeners stick around to the end of the show, I will go ahead and cut it in to the the outro. (laughs) You feel 98 degrees. Yes. But do you agree with that take that there's no other good original Christmas music other than like a handful of songs? You're right. It's it's a handful of songs other than the classics. So I know people hate the Paul McCartney. No. Yeah, that's terrible. But, uh, not, but I know you have Paul McCartney in general. <laughs> I mean, the guy's a legend, but but yeah. Or <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town by Bruce Springsteen, but that's still a classic. No, that's it's a classic. A no, covers don't. Yeah, redone. covers covers don't qualify. Covers don't count. 
But, but so uh, you don't wait, do you like Christmas music? Do you want to put it on? Do you look forward to it? I like it. No, no, no. I, don't, I don't generally put it on. I mean, it comes on enough in just in in walking around or whatever. I just don't. Uh, I know all the songs, but I don't really seek out Christmas music this time of year. Although I'm. You know, well, you're seeking it out in, in, like around Easter. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I really want to get, give me maybe, some of that silver maybe bells. I'll, maybe I'll give uh, the Ariana Grande Christmas and Chill record a spin. <laughs> you would. You would. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just. I don't. It just doesn't. It just. I, I like the sort of the classics. I like the classic, like the half dozen Christmas songs, you know, and then some of the churchy ones. You know, some Oh Holy Night is good for me. I like uh, I like the uh I like some of the the churchy the churchy songs because it reminds me of when I was a kid and went to Christmas, you know, went to church at Christmas with my family and then yeah, I skipped uh, those. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go to midnight mass when I was a kid. Can you imagine being like 8 years old and having to go to midnight mass? It was brutal. That sounds terrible. Kids. I was so I just sleeping yeah. in the church. To, yeah, they, yeah, plus you had to put on your nicest clothes. It was it was I mean that was not what the baby Jesus wanted for me. <laughs> I can pretty pretty much guarantee it. I can't imagine. I mean that's my kids are getting unmanageable. You know, much past eight o'clock. I can't <laughs> midnight. Now put it. Now put them in like their best clothes and take them to midnight mass. Oh, here's the question: Did they keep you? Did you go to bed and did they get you up to go in the middle of the night, or did you yes. stay up? No, though they would they would try to they would try to encourage us to try to take some kind of nap or whatever. But then they didn't want you to go to church with bedhead because – so you had to, like, get ready. You had to take a shower. And, like, <laughs> Getting up your at 10, 1030, 1030 oh, my gosh. oh, it's just – if <laughs> I don't have fond memories of that. But uh, anyway. Hey, you know who doesn't like White Christmas? <laughs> white Bing, Christmas? Uh-huh. Bing uh. Crosby's children because, you know, he beat them. The, the the Big Crosby's kids hear that song and they're just like, God dang it! <laughs> and then they go, then they grab the royalty checks and then everything's okay. It's a small price to pay for the holiday spirit. It will last <laughs> forever. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you enjoyed episode one so far. Now that we're well, <laughs> it's taken a it's taken a real turn it's for the a real I, dark turn here. I'm a bit the of Christmas. I, I'm a bit in a mood today. I think I, I like it. You should do this. You should do this more often. Thanks. I get you I, in the get you riled up for the show. Yeah, um, that's what you get for coming after Taylor Swift in the first segment. I get all, I get all pissed. She sucks. <laughs> Where's her Christmas album? I don't Where's know. my Taylor Swift Christmas album? This is what okay, you want to hear some badly sung Christmas songs. <laughs> Because here's yes. the thing. Oh, let's talk about this because actually covers. You mentioned covers. I have a problem with covers where you don't. You know what? Don't fuck with the phrasing. We all know how to sing along. You can. I don't care if you want to mess with the melody. You want to put some extra bridges or like a repeat a chorus or whatever you're doing. But don't. This is not. You don't make it your own. Get out of what? here. This is, if you're going to sing a Christmas song, I want to be able to sing with it. Are you going to? I'm. So now I'm going to tell you. Do you get bent out of shape about the Star Spangled Banner sung in every different way in the whole like you know. No, that song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that song's about freedom. Eh, Dang it. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a guy in prison. It's basically what that song's about. Yeah. No, um no, it's singer singer thing. If you're going to cover, go ahead. I'm not I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell Ariana Grande on the Christmas in Chill record <laughs> how to sing. Um uh, there's nothing on here that I know. 
It's, um, I don't know. I'm not really here to tell you how to sing your Christmas songs. If you want to put out a Christmas album, go ahead, do it, sing it any way you want, because I have access to the, I have right, access well, to the classics. Listeners, you want to hear good music around Christmas time while you, <laughs> while you enjoy your feasting. Uh, I recommend Swingin' Christmas Party for your upbeat tunes. I recommend Christmas Time in New Orleans for that nice, smooth jazz tone. And uh, I also recommend Christmas Time for the Jews by Darlene Love. <laughs> and all your Hanukkah, your Hanukkah songs from, uh, from um, uh, Adam Sandler. Are, all, is there, is there Hanukkah Christmas music or is it all like... Is it all Hebrew hymns there, and stuff? There is Hanukkah music. There is a there's a sort of a typical Hanukkah thing we sing after we light the menorah every night. Last today tonight was the last night of, of Hanukkah, um, and uh, yeah, it's sort of like a traditional like Hanukkah song. It's a kind of a jaunty, yay, we're lighting candles kind of a thing. Well, I'll tell I'm you what, the menorah. If Woo-hoo. there really was a war on Christmas and Jews really did control the media. I damn sure know if there was Hanukkah music. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? That's... Uh, you know, All right, I've not. disproved that entire point. No, you don't. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're, they're not... They're, exactly. You, there'd be Hanukkah hits galore if that was really... If that was really controlled. If the media was truly, truly controlled. All right, well, last question about music, and we only have a minute left, so... This might... We might not even have time for this, but I want to know... I... Um, you know, listen to the music I want to listen to with the kids in the car. Nothing too crazy, but, you know, every rock song, every once in a while specifically, will have a, a random F-bomb, and I'm not, like, trying to seek out the radio version. What's your policy on children overhearing the, the swear words in the music? My policy on swear words in general is you're going to hear swear words, kids. I agree. That's it. I'm not going to try to shield you from swear words. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I, I tell my kids I don't often use swear words. You know, I tend to work. I tend to work around him. Yeah. Um, you're going to hear a lot of people cuss in your life, and you should know what those words are, and you should do your best not to repeat them, especially but, around. But what mother. happens if my daughter wants to learn a song because she loves to sing along with the radio, and she made me play it four times in a row for her, and there's a really obvious fucking in the second verse, and I'm a little <laughs> concerned about her learning all the words and singing them, even if she doesn't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you just have to tell her that's the word, and you shouldn't sing it. Is that okay. that word's a bad word? Don't sing that one. You know, I don't know. I, I, like you said, it's too hard to try to police what they hear. Um, you know, there's Lucy. Auga. <laughs> Auga. The Model T is rolling in. All I'm saying is that that uh, Lucy listens to Pandora, and there's no radio edits or Spotify. There's no radio edits, and I'm right. just like, I don't care. Yeah. Just don't say those words around your parents, and you're yeah. Fine. Pandora is actually, I think, mostly family friendly. Spotify is not. Spotify is not. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Um, Bone Thugs in Harmony. Check. It'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's singing some Bone Thugs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Good for her. All right. So for tonight's outro slash epilogue, I uh, wanted to do – we're going to do week week uh, what's now week 16 NFL picks. We'll look yeah, at first it. recap your recap your uh, success from last right, – Let's uh, do that from quickly. Our, from um, our show so, zero. Go so show out. zero – I went three and two in the five picks for show zero. I had Green Bay as a two and a half point um, dog. They obviously lost that game. Buffalo over Miami is a two and a half point favorite in Buffalo. San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite over Tennessee. That just barely won. Uh, I know it was two points in places. So if you got to push on that, uh, you know, bummer. Uh, New England uh, minus two and a half point favorite over Pittsburgh. Again, that was a gift. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. 
Uh, and then Atlanta came away with a victory, but kicked it against the spread. And uh, I had them as a six and a half point favorite and they lost. So three and two for week one on uh, episode zero of the two on three podcast. Pretty I, good. Good for you. Bad. Anytime, anytime you're above, above the line, you're, you're uh, I'd say that's a, that's a good thing. All right. So going into week 16, I have Minnesota as a two and a half point favorite over Green Bay in Green Bay. Green Bay is toast. They, yeah, if they're, they're smart, if, and if they're smart, they wouldn't let Aaron Rodgers play. But we'll see what they do. I don't think they will. They shouldn't. I, they're eliminated. There's there's no chance for them to make the playoffs. There's no point in having him play at all. Get Hunley the reps. It makes more sense. And frankly, I think Minnesota at a two and a half point number is a bargain. Yep, I I like it. Um, I have the Rams minus six and a half over Tennessee in Tennessee. Um, traveling, traveling cross country concerns me a little bit, but I just personally got my face stomped in by the Rams on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, I was, you know, there, we did, we did get our beaks smashed in. It was pretty week. nasty. That was, that was, uh, that was so bad. Look, okay. So sidebar on the Seahawks. So here's the deal. It's here's when you get old, this is what happens to you. Like you spent your whole youth, like crushing people. We were the most physical team mm-hmm. and we'd smash into people and they would break and now we smash into people and we're the ones who break because we're simply, I mean, the hits add up and uh, time to time to blow it up and, and, uh, and do it again. Well, two seasons ago, my dad got extremely angry with me because I said, I wish I could bet on things like Todd Gurley's going to end Cam Chancellor's career. <laughs> <laughs> and while I may be wrong about that because Cam Chancellor's career may already be over. Right. Uh, you know, that's what happens, right? I watched that guy run, and I was like, if this, this team ever gets it together, that guy's going to ram it down somebody's throat. And that's eventually that, – that came to fruition finally that's just um, it's, on it's, Sunday. It's the, it's the circle of life, young Simba. Yeah. Cam wasn't there to get run over, but, you know, <laughs> there were gaping <laughs> holes in the secondary. Right. Awful. All right, next game. Uh, Buffalo as an 11.5-point dog in New England. What? Uh, this is purely a I believe in the Bills to cover this big number. I don't think New England is firing on all cylinders, and I think Buffalo give them a game. I'm probably wrong. This is probably a terrible bet. And frankly, if I was probably betting it, I, I would I, I might try to tease it up to get it to like 18 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, but I don't know. I like the big number. The uh, they did get beat up a little bit by Pittsburgh. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, they're coming off a big game like this. They're bound for a letdown, but it's at home. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm so, so on that one. I feel like, <laughs> so I agree with you that new England will win the game. I just don't like the 11 and a half points. 11 and a half. It's a, it's a big one to cover. All right. We'll yep. see how that one works out. Um, I have Washington as a three and a half point favorite over Denver in Washington. And this is a bet where I think Denver is abjectly terrible. So if Washington can score 14 points, they win the game. And right. having seen Washington in person and, and watched more of their games than I would have liked to, uh, they're just sloppy. They're not bad. You know, and they're not like shitty in a way that like Denver is just not good. Uh-huh. Uh, they're just they're just sort of sloppy. They don't execute very well. Uh, you know, Jay Gruden. <laughs> well, you say he doesn't have it buttoned up. <laughs> That's the vibe I get. <laughs> Denver is horrible. I mean, they've they. I mean, they've got they've got no choices at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, what's Brock just, Osweiler? I'm betting against Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Here's here's the thing. Brock Osweiler was decent. I mean, if you would have just 
I mean, you might not have won a Super Bowl with him that year that they won the Super Bowl. Are you, oh my God, you're out here caping for Brock Osweiler right now. You no, gotta be kidding but me. But <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm just saying that here's a kid who had a decent amount of momentum. He won a handful of games behind a really great defense, and and he just went to Houston and like lost any sort of confidence that he had. And then they shipped him to where Cleveland. Yeah. Only to work his way back to Denver to show up and be the third string guy. I mean, well, he's a starter for the rest of the year. I know, but still, it's like <laughs> his confidence is not good. I think he probably should be having a better career, but but I don't know what happened there. With but no, he went. He took the biggest contract. He did the right thing. Actually, he's a terrible football player, and he got paid a whole bunch of money to be shitty. He could have won more games. He he would be he would he would have been he had, they would have been a better than five hundred team with Brock Osweiler had they not broken his momentum. But would they have won a Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler? I'm not sure. But that's not like Peyton Manning did anything. I mean, he just I mean the guy could barely like. He, he why doesn't Peyton Manning get more get Peyton more shit? Why why don't these guys like? I guess the the right thinking folks probably do feel like. They do, but like Brett Favre and Peyton Manning, you know, like you hear Aaron Rodgers like, yeah, that guy didn't do anything for me. He didn't help me at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, I get, they, we love them for some odd reason, and they're just – they were bad. They were they were bad at, you know, preparing the next generation because they just didn't care about them. It's like all they cared about was themselves, and that's all well and good in professional sports because you're out there to get paid and win games. For sure. So, there you have it. All right, last pick of the week. Uh, Houston as a nine-and-a-half-point dog over Pittsburgh in Houston. And this is an angle bet. So, the Steelers are 0-8 against the spread as road favorites of nine points or more. Wow, you're like the Dixie Dynamo down there. Well, I, did the right, I, I, had to do, I had to get the picks ready this week. <laughs> they got the wrong team favored. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not quite that serious. But uh, I think with Antonio Brown out, Yeah. Um, and I think a – if Houston can just, I just don't think that Steelers are going to score a ton of points. I don't, I think Houston defense is solid. Um, I think that if it, it's not, un, this is not a great bet. It's like I said, it's purely an angle play minus Antonio Brown. What's the, what's the spread again? Uh, nine and a half. <laughs> and you're, and you're, and you want, and you've got Houston to cover that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's it, week that. five. So I'll probably go three and two. <laughs> that's, that's generally what happens. <laughs> You'd be lucky to go three and two. That's that three and two is good. Don't be hey people out there. Don't be don't be afraid to go three and two. No, I'm I'm okay. one game over five hundred for the season. So hey, that's right. money in the bank. It's <laughs> money <laughs> in the bank. Alrighty then. Anything else to touch on this week before we cut it loose? Nope. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. Absolutely. So again, you can find the show at two on three pod. On Twitter, 2on3pod at gmail.com if you want to hit up the show. Subscribe at all the places where I eventually get it posted, which it should be up this week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Adios, Chris. Thank you. Take care now. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The snow is falling. The city is wide. Your eyes are shining like diamonds tonight. And we're all alone. There's no one.